That means the deflationary forces are extreme and they will only be revealed once there are no more spare dollars to shuttle into the treasury market when this tank is emptied. Well, hello there, my friends. Rafi here from The End Game Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics from the war zone of northern Israel, although nothing right here where I am is happening right now. The entire army is called up. The stores are emptying because there are no workers to transport goods. Everyone is in the reserves right now on active duty the entire area is teeming with soldiers and tanks. It is entirely surreal over here. And I, as an immigrant at the age of 23, only did partial army service, so I'm not called up. I'm putting together contingency plans to evacuate to the center of the country if need be, but I don't think that is going to be necessary. But in case it is, I am prepared and worry not. In any case, with this week's Silver Report, we'll be talking about the bloated treasury account of $858 billion now uh, and how much of this money, all of it pretty much has come from the reverse repo facility, which continues to drain this week. And we've got about 12 to 15 weeks until that hits zero. Interest rates continue to rocket. I think the 10-year is now edging right at 5%. It's going up every single week. And imagine what's going to happen when there are no more spare dollars to bid on these primary auctions. What happens to interest rates then? Uh, the dollar might not want to think about it if I were the dollar because it's on the verge of dying. I wanted to talk about housing inventory. Uh, housing inventory in the United States is at a near all-time record low. So despite mortgage rates hitting, I think, 7.6%, 30-year mortgage rate at 7.6%, something near that, why aren't housing prices going down? Because inventory is so low because people are actually paying their mortgages that they took out in 2020 and 2021 at much lower rates. And the banks are the ones being screwed, just like they're the ones being screwed by the higher interest rates now because they're the ones that have bonds on their balance sheets and their balance sheets are bleeding. We're going to talk about Japan. Japan is completely cornered. At least the Bank of Japan is completely cornered now. They just announced another bond buying round to try to push interest rates down. And they've only gone up despite that. We're talking about the gold COTs, they are at the same level as we saw when gold was at 1620, and now gold is about 1960. The same commitment of trainers reports. That means probably that there is a major breakout imminent. And this silver report is sponsored by Fortuna Silver Mines, symbol FSM. And I wanted to show you one long-term chart of Fortuna to give you an idea of why it doesn't really matter what level the stock is at now. And this pretty much goes for all responsibly managed gold and silver miners. Fortuna has a special place in my heart because it is both a gold, both a gold and silver miner, and I know it's management. This is a long-term chart um, from Gold Charts Are Us of Fortuna Silver Mines. Now, I didn't make this a logarithmic chart because that uh, hides some of the realities here. Uh, we see that there are three major rallies that this stock has made since 2008, and that is here. Uh, that from 2010 to 2011, and it was a very, very quick rally. It lasted a few months. And now the next one from 20, uh, the end of 2015, beginning of 2016, until I think this is July 2016, it took even less time and it was even more intense. And finally, we have this rally from, 2020, from March 2020 to August 2020. It was even quicker than the second rally, and it was even more intense. So the point here is that 
gold and silver miners, they're not really stocks that you want to time. They're stocks that you want to accumulate, or I'm speaking for myself here, not for anyone else. Uh, do your own due diligence and all that stuff. Uh, so we have Fortuna at around two $2.5, $3. I think it's $3 now. This uh, The next rally of this caliber is going to be like this, like, like these rallies have been, except it's going to be even sharper and even quicker once the financial system starts to be torn down. So there's not going to be time to enter positions here once you see the rally starting because you'll be second-guessing yourself, third-guessing yourself. Instead, you just want to have your position and wait for the inevitable crazy rally once the dollar snaps. And it is very close to doing so. And we're going to say why right now in this week's Silver Report. So we're going to start with the bloated treasury account. I checked the treasury's account at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, and it is $857,495,000,000. If you look at the chart down here, you'll see that this red line is where the balance is now. This chart is a little bit behind. Uh, this is the current balance over here. So we have $857.5 billion line over here for October 19th, and we haven't hit that since uh, it looks like May 2022, uh, almost two years ago. So the treasury is bloated with cash, it is going to start spending it, and a lot of what it's going to spend it on is going to be the war over here and the war in Ukraine. I think Joe Biden has pledged another $100 billion of your money, and I do not want it over here. Uh, I'm not saying that it, this is a good move for the Treasury, but the, the account is going to empty soon. And uh, once it does, they're going to have to raise more money uh, from the reverse repos. And where are we on the uh, on the reverse repos? Before we get to the exact level, this chart is of the money supply. Uh, now, we've had $836 billion deposited since June 2nd, and that's why this number, 857, is so important, because the, the low here is $21 billion, and now we're 857 billion. So that means that the Treasury has sucked out about $836 billion since June 2nd, and how much has the reverse repo facility where all this money is coming from for Treasuries, where is it, uh, how much has it been drained? $1.1 trillion since June 2nd. Now, you would expect that if the uh, reverse repos have drained by 1.1 trillion, you would expect to see a higher money supply as that money that's outside the money supply in the reverse repo facility now goes into the money supply through the banking system. But the money supply has been stagnant since June 2023 when the reverse repos started to flow into the banks. There is no difference between the money supply back then. Here's the beginning of June money supply. It's about 20.9 trillion. And now it is about 20.8 trillion. It is down $100 billion despite the flow in of $1.1 trillion in reverse repos since then. That means the deflationary forces are extreme and they will only be revealed once there are no more spare dollars to shuttle into the treasury market when this tank is emptied. Uh, now, where are we in this tank? We'll go back to this slide in a second, but this tank is now $1.1 trillion. And you see that uh, over the last eight weeks, we have lost, uh, this is a weekly chart of the, the amount of change in reverse repo, repos per week. This is the longest streak of consistent weekly drains of the reverse repo since here, where we had seven weeks and this is eight weeks. So this is a new record. Uh, this is a rate of $83 billion per week over the last eight weeks. If that rate continues, uh, then we have $1.1 trillion divided by $83 billion per week. That's 14 weeks until the reverse repo facility is completely drained. And then what happens then? We'll go back to this slide. So I'll read it to you. I have a very 
nice reading voice. Substantially all dollars coming out of the reverse repos are going into the Treasury's bank account. This is a fact. This means that Treasuries are being bought with reverse repo dollars. Despite this, interest rates on Treasuries are rising fast. I think they have broken or about to break 5% today on the 10-year Meaning treasuries are falling in value despite the fact that there is a reverse repo spare dollar tank bidding on all of these auctions. They shouldn't be falling so fast. Now, if we take that situation, imagine what happens when there are no more dollars in the reverse repo facility. What happens to treasuries? What happens to them is that demand falls through the floor. And you could have a day where interest rates go from 5% in the 10-year to say 7 8% overnight. i got to get Wilson and tell him to sell. I'm not predicting this specifically. I do not know exactly what's going to happen, but I know that most of these treasuries are being funded by reverse repos and they're not going to last forever. And when they run out, interest rates are going to have to skyrocket very quickly, just like they did during the repocalypse of September 2019. We saw how rates go from almost zero to 10% overnight. The same thing could happen on the long-term end of the treasury market because of the end of the reverse repo reserve tank. This could happen. I do not know exactly what will happen, but something like this could happen. And when it does, there will be panic from the Fed. Now, Nobody else is buying now except the RRPs. Think about what happens to interest rates the day after RRPs run out. Uh, now let's move to housing, housing inventory. You see that housing inventory going back to 1982, 1983 is at very near an all-time low. Why is it at near an all-time low? Because nobody wants to sell their house. Why does nobody want to sell their house? Because people have great mortgages that they acquired in 2020 and 2021 when interest rates were at an all-time record low for all of human history. They locked in their mortgages and now they're paying these mortgages. And the problem for the banks is that they're paying these mortgages. And because they're paying these mortgages, the banks are losing out and they have this mortgage liability where they get almost nothing monthly uh, and their balance sheet gets whipped even more. So the banks are in big trouble and they're about to implode. Let's move to gold now into the commitment of traders reports. I don't go into this very often, but what is going on with gold right now in the COTs is pretty rare. So we're going to go into the details here. You see the reds, the non-commercials, which are the speculators on the top and the longs, and the blues, the commercials are short on the bottom. The amount of longs versus shorts are at a level. If you see here in the box, this here was the gold low of about 16.18, I think the price was. Uh, the, the the COTs back there were at the same level, very similar levels where the COTs are now, which means there is a lot of room to move up from here, just as there was a lot of room to move up from this area at 1618. Technically, we're in good shape. And we see here on the in the, the graph below uh, in the green that, inter that open interest, the amount of contracts open has not moved, despite the fact that price has moved up from about 1820, 1830, wherever that was, to about 1960 now, about $120. And open interest has not been affected, which means that the futures market is not the one moving the price here. Uh, we're going to go into Japan, and I think this is critical. I think Japan is at critical stage. The Bank of Japan is really cornered. I don't know how, how much longer it's going to last before something in the yen or the Japanese bond market really snaps. Could be days, could be weeks. I don't think it'll be longer than that. 
Here is the title. The, Japan, the Bank of Japan is screwed. This is not the title to the article that's pasted here. This is from Bloomberg. That is my own title. And I don't want you to think that uh, that this is a Bloomberg title. This uh, They don't use that kind of language. I do. Uh, this is from <laughs> October 18th, 2023. I'll read the first two paragraphs here. The Bank of Japan announced an unscheduled bond purchase operation on Wednesday. That is October um, 18th. 18th. Yesterday, as I'm recording this, two days ago from when you're seeing this, reminding the market of its determination to slow the pace of increases in sovereign yields. Uh, the operation had no immediate impact. This is the key. Had no immediate impact on the benchmark 10-year yield, which earlier in the day touched 0.815, a fresh decade high. Japanese government bonds have faced new pressure amid a sell-off in U.S. treasuries. So what the point is here that the Bank of Japan just announced uh, yesterday, a bond buying exercise, which usually pushes Japanese rates down because, you know, the central bank buys the bonds, the rates go down, but that's not happening this time. They've bond, they've bought more bonds. And despite that, rates have gone up. We see that in the chart over here. Here is where the Bank of Japan announced uh, the big bond buying exercise. And look what happened right after that. Interest rates go up from about 0.81 to 0.85. Right, the the ten-year the Japanese bond does no longer cares that the Bank of Japan is buying any more bonds. Doesn't matter. Rates are headed up anyway. And what's happening with the yen? Well, the more bonds that the Bank of Japan buys, the weaker the yen gets. And we are at a game of chicken here at the 150 level that we've been testing since October 12th. Uh, here is where it broke last time, and this is when the Bank of Japan sold Treasuries to prop up the yen. Why doesn't it break through 150? Why are traders not pushing through 150? Because they know that 150 is the mark from the Bank of Japan. And once that hits, whoever is short the yen is going to get smashed. So if they're going to attack the 150 line, they're going to have to do it all together and hold for the long term because they know that the Bank of Japan is going to, to end up you know, pushing their positions against them. So uh, you don't want to cross 150 unless you know you have support from other institutions. And that is what I think is revving up. And once the banks feel, feel confident enough, they're going to challenge the Bank of Japan and hit the yen. And the Bank of Japan then is going to sell more U.S. treasuries and interest rates on U.S. treasuries are going to head even higher than where they are now. We could be in a spiral already, a positive feedback loop. How much longer the financial system can take this without completely blowing apart. I don't know, but it could be weeks. It could be months. I do not think it'll be longer than that. And meanwhile, war is heating up all over the world and it's getting very, very dicey. In any case, this is Rafi of the Endgame Investor. I don't know what's going to happen next week. Hopefully we'll be safe. Hopefully everything will be fine. Um, I might be in a different location if I have to evacuate. Hopefully I won't have to. Please pray for us. Please pray for the safety of humanity, for the safety of the world, for the safety of the Jewish people. I just wanted to say I'm blown away by the amount of support that my family and I have gotten since the war began. If you want to continue to support me, you can sign up to be my patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash endgameinvestor for as little as $3 a month where I gave a biblical angle on what is going on in the world of finance and money and now in the world of war. And yeah, it's gotten a lot more obviously biblical uh, in faster than I've expected. But, you know, whoever expects war to come, we all have it in our minds. But when it hits, it's different. And you can always sign up for a two-week free trial of the Endgame Investor, which I am still doing every day. And you can also support Chris and Yara uh, at the same time by following the link in the description below. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you guys next week.